Faith Insights Podcast. My name is Tyler Roberts, and welcome back to the third Sunday of Easter for the week of April 26th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are still in the season of Easter, even though this has been such a weird and unique Easter this year, and that we still are in this process of trying to understand and contemplate and realize what this whole season and what this all is about and how much has transformed and continues to transform and make us new as we move forward. I think that's a really important message to be contemplating right now as a lot of us still in the shelter in place, a lot of us still trying to contemplate, consider and all the chaos that's going on around us. What does this all mean? How are we dealing with all of this? And I think it's a really important message and thing to be considering in this time that when we're in this place where things are out of our own hands, what does that mean to be able to be in a situation where we're having to trust not only our leaders, but also trust in the understanding of the groups of people who are informing leaders and trying to help make decisions for the rest of us. It's one of the positions that I think is very difficult for us necessarily to be in. But last week when I asked the question of how are you being transformed in Twitter, I think that's one of the ways that we are still working on that. And especially being an American, I think it's one of the things that we really at times wrestle with is we see this as something that we're fighting against within our own freedom. And I would argue that if you look at this time and in this place, it's actually in a way reminding us of what sacrifices past generations have made for us to be able to take some of these freedoms for granted, especially during World War II. And when we're contemplating and looking at all this, I think it leads to a lot of healthy discussion about what is life really about, what are we really trying to do and accomplish, and I think that's a good thing, a positive thing, something that we should be doing more often. And as we are in this time of transformation where we're having to do a lot of self-reflection, I think it's a healthy practice to really be contemplating, wrestling with, and thinking about a lot of these different things, especially from a spiritual perspective. So like I tipped off, our Twitter question from last week is, how are you being transformed right now. And I had a couple different responses this week. We had one discussing and talking about how it's slowing things down enough where he is contemplating and looking at and really focusing in on God's word. And I think that's a really important lesson that we all could be doing right now. It's really focusing in and thinking about and and contemplating that. And I think that's one thing that we are definitely realizing as we're going through this Easter season and how these texts are hitting us much differently based on that we are having to slow down and and meditate on these a little bit differently. But one was also that transformation of how much we take for granted love and just being around people and how there are things in this life that we have been told that are important And in ways, they really aren't that important. They're things that really more are 
just circumstance on whether or not they're going to happen or not. There's so many circumstances that are outside of our control that make it really difficult to project and really hard to even say if this is a full reality is going to be there or not. So in this case, this person was talking about even retirement money and how much it's just kind of, you can't tell me how well your markets are going to be doing in two years and really be able to be accurate to know how much is actually going to be there. And is that really that valuable compared to the love and relationships that we have with each other and our love and our relationships that we have with Jesus Christ. And I think that's a really important recognition to be having at this time. This place and this time to be considering that things at times that we have placed and said that are very important, and yet at times we sit down and really reflect, and is it really that important? I know for myself, one of the things that's been very difficult in this is I have an engagement and been trying to plan a wedding. And how do you contemplate and consider and try even figuring that stuff out when you don't know how many people can actually be there? You don't know what are the laws and different things going to be looking like at that point. Are people going to be want to be traveling at that point? And what does it all mean in the long run? in that perspective and it's a lot of hard thoughts and a lot of difficult conversations and a lot of what ifs that you're going through and not necessarily thinking about the actual process more itself because there's just so many questions that are out of your control that you're having to contemplate and just having the faith to be able to say it's still going to happen it's just how is it going to happen and trusting God in that is very difficult in this time. And I think it gets back to the heart of the love and consideration that I know that people want to be there, but will they be able to be there physically will be a difficult situation at this time. So, but with all that said, with all this contemplation and thinking about from last week and how are we being transformed, let's try jumping into this week. The gospel text this week is from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. And this is the story of two men going to Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem. They're walking along. Jesus appears to them, but they don't recognize him. So they have this conversation where Jesus is kind of questioning and prodding, you know, what are these things that they're talking about? They're going through and how have you not heard the major news? This person who we thought was going to be the Messiah died and it's just caused a lot of confusion and some women entered the tomb and they thought they saw something this morning, but what are we supposed to believe? And they're kind of questioning all this and, you know, they're thinking that this was really the Messiah, but who is it? They're just very confused and don't know how to interpret the different news and can you even trust what we're finding and different things of that nature. And so they are getting to evening and Jesus is looking at continuing on. They said, no, how about you stay and come with us? You know, let's stay the night with us. It doesn't make sense for you to continue on. So he goes and has dinner with them. He breaks bread. He blesses it and gives it to them. And that's when they recognize who it is. And he then disappears. 
They realize that their hearts have been burning the whole time that they were walking with him and go and return to Jerusalem and tell the other 11 that they have seen him and that he was with them and that they recognized them through the breaking of the bread. And the, one of the things that we have to consider and think about with this before we even get into the other readings is we hear breaking of the bread and we assume Last Supper because that's what we think of. And you have to remember if these are disciples in quotes, but not the 11 or 12, this is probably more the breaking of the bread, which symbolizes back to the feeding of the 5,000. And so they're seeing this and the blessing and the breaking of the bread and recognizing, though, this is the one who had done that with five loaves and two fish. This is Jesus. And I think that's an interesting thing to be realizing in that in this time, that it's referencing back to further in his ministry, and it's not necessarily referencing right back to Holy Communion and the Last Supper, but it's through that process that they are recognizing who Jesus is. The first reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a and 36 through 41. So this is continuing on the gospel that Peter has had, and he then continues to kind of throwing out here right at the end. This is then the story of what he has been going through the last few weeks. This is why you should believe what I'm saying, and that this is who he says he is, and repent and be baptized and forgiven and receive that Holy Spirit. And in that time, Suddenly, you can say this is the foundation of the first mega church, if you want to put it that way, as we get from the final line that 3,000 people were added to the book of life, if you want to put it in those terms, as they were baptized and were then repenting. So this process of we've heard this story and then people contemplating and considering it and then realizing that this must have been Christ based off this testimony that Peter has given here and being able to help connect the dots of what had happened. The psalm this week is Psalm 116, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 19. And this beautiful psalm goes through how we can't really do anything without Christ, and that we are caught up in sin, and it's really us crying out to the Lord to save us. And it's through that process of repentance that Christ comes in and takes the cup that we deserve and thus drinks it on our behalf so that we might be saved and that we should then be giving thanks for that. And it's a really beautiful psalm. And actually, if you get the chance to check out Working Preacher this week, Ralph Jacobson talks about how this year is his 40th anniversary since he had his first stout with cancer. And what he traditionally does is that every 10 years, he has a celebration, a dinner of Thanksgiving for this and invites special people to that. And it's been doing this, you know, this will be the fourth time every 10 years. And I think it's a really interesting practice to be thinking about, especially when you're relating it to the psalm here, of this Thanksgiving feast for what has happened and considering that and going through that. And I think in a way, the celebration of being delivered from something like that is really beautiful and a great image for us to 
use when we're thinking about what salvation and that type of taking the cup from us really looks like. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. And this is kind of continuing that process of we have been sanctified and set aside and said that we are precious through what Christ did for us. That going through the process of dying on our behalf to bring glory to the Father is this love that transcends everything. And that once this happened and we bring and accept this glory that Christ has done on our behalf, that we become a new living being, a new sanctified person due to that. So before we jump into this week's podcast, we have to do our shameless plugs for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussion, what other place do you have four seminary professors talking about the scriptures on a week-to-week basis, plus having commentaries written by multiple different individuals on each of the readings each week and having an archive going back from past years, plus having other discussions on their websites talking about different faith subjects all under one place. I would say it's a great resource. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this podcast every single week. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly, highly recommend it. It's a great resource to be able to look at and dissect and have some of these thoughts to help contemplate and consider these readings week to week. Our second shameless plug is a correction that I need to make from last week. I thought last week was the last week of God friending me, and I was corrected that this week is the last week of God friending me. It's a two-hour finale, and if you haven't checked out God friending me, I would still recommend it and just checking it out even tonight and just seeing what this show has all been about and seeing how this all wraps up and considering looking backwards on the last two seasons of it, I would highly recommend it. I would argue it's one of the best things, if not the best thing that has been on television. And especially if you're needing an escape from the global pandemic in which we're in, I'd highly recommend checking out God Friend and Me on CBS. How does this all relate to science. I think a lot of this these readings this week get back to looking at the gospel text and looking at these people going to Emmaus who are going there, have this discussion with Jesus, who Jesus plays that what are they talking about? What are these things that people are wondering about and talking about? I have not heard these things and they have this discussion and through their discussion when they get to the very end and take time to spend with Jesus, they realize through the breaking of the bread that this is the Messiah. And at that point, turn around and go back. But this is not after they had already called him when he was looking to continue on to come with them to have dinner. So there's a lot of moments here where the community was potentially going to be broken. The community could have easily stuck their nose up at And instead, they decide to have the discussion. 
when I think about this text and realize what is going on and trying to process this, a lot of it for me, when I'm thinking about it from a science perspective, this sounds a lot like the scientific process. This sounds like a couple scientists trying to figure something out. You know, they have this test, they have a hypothesis, but they aren't really sure what this all means as they've gone through the test and are looking over the data. And a third person comes in and, you know, what are you looking at? What are you considering? What are you thinking about? And they discuss their test and they discuss the different things that they've been looking at. And they discuss, consider what are some of these different variables. And this third person that they invited in says, well, do you mind if I offer a suggestion? Do you mind if I take a look at this data also? Do you mind me giving a suggestion of something I'm seeing or hearing? And it's sometimes that outside perspective from another scientist from another field looking at that same data and saying, based off the stuff that I know from my field, these are things that I'm considering and looking at. And so I'm seeing this data differently and I'm seeing it this way. And at that point, the two scientists realizing that there is some breakthrough that has happened. They just hadn't necessarily fully recognized it initially. That there was maybe doubt in the beginning on what had happened. To me, this is such a beautiful summary of this because this is showing the scientific process in a very simple story. A time of letting others in, a time of taking time to reflect, a time where you're not necessarily judging somebody based on that they do or don't understand the information right away. Part of the beauty of the scientific process is that you are documenting and writing down your whole process so that it is possible to be repeated so that it can be sent to a peer-reviewed journal, aka someone else is able to repeat this test in the lab and confirm that they got similar results. Being able to have that process of things being repeated is what's so essential to science. And we've talked about this before. And that without having repeatability within tests, the tests are useless. But it's also with having repeatable tests, making it into a peer-reviewed journal, it allows for outside the initial group of scientists, it allows the group who then did the same experiment getting similar results and saying, this is what we got and we're noticing similar results and we were thinking about maybe it was affecting things in this way. Have you considered this? Suddenly you have people working together on a common goal. Is this not what Jesus is doing with these men? They're trying to consider and contemplate and figure out what they have all heard. They thought that this was the Messiah. They've heard the story about the women and that Jesus had appeared to them and they're having a hard time believing this. And especially within the understanding of what they assume the Messiah to be. Jesus continues to walk alongside them and doesn't say anything, just lets them vent and lets them and continues to ask questions to get them to consider and think about things. It's when they invite him to dinner instead of him going on that he then reveals himself without saying a word. 
to me, this isn't that much different than a second group of scientists saying, have you considered this thing based off of what we're seeing from the data and what different theories could this possibly be the case? And it's through that eureka moment and Christ disappearing that then they go back to tell the other 11. For me, this is partially what's been so frustrating as I've been listening to major news sources or financial people trying to talk about science and how does that affect the markets? How is this test affecting this? And realizing from my perspective of being trained as a very basic scientist, how so much misinformation is being thrown around and how detrimental in a lot of ways it possibly can be because people are assuming things too quickly. People are looking at very small sample sizes that don't necessarily have controls as fact. And this is what this means. And we're not taking that time for that outsider to come in and be able to say, well, let me run that. Let me see if I get similar results so that we can compare and discuss and make sure. And the science community is still trying to do that and are working on that. The problem is, is a lot of us in society aren't necessarily doing a great job at taking that time that they need to be able to work through and contemplate these different things. And that's why for me, I will not be attaching links down below on the process on what's going on with scientific testing with corona. Because it's, to me, there's too much where I could spin a story one way or spin a story another way. And it's the thing with me with being a scientist and having multiple studies. And when I'm hearing from multiple sources that it's inconclusive either way, that they're maybe thinking it's leading one way, to me it doesn't feel responsible to necessarily even then throw that out. They're still on the road to Emmaus. We can't rush them on the road. Faith is a journey. Faith is a process. We get these in these other texts. And if that's the process that we are taking with faith, we have to be willing and able to understand that that's the same type of journey that we need to take with science. Science isn't necessarily sitting in a lab, suddenly getting results, and eureka, we figured something out. Science is sometimes gathering data, sitting with it, looking at it, contemplating this, having someone else look at it, contemplating it, having another group of scientists do their results, looking at their results, contemplating, discussing, and maybe then we start noticing a trend. To me, that's what I'm seeing in this story and seeing this process, the debate, the discussion, the working through, just like we all do with faith, and yet at times are frustrated when science doesn't seem to be moving quick enough. Where in that process is there grace? I know within the current pandemic and where we're at, it's really hard to have grace as we are impatient, we're frustrated. We want to move forward. And sometimes we have to realize that moving forward is much slower than what we would want it to be. But remember, Jesus didn't get frustrated with the men on the road for not understanding and not seeing who he was immediately. He lets them talk. He lets them discuss. He lets them tell him things that he already knew. It was right at the end when they had gotten that all out, when they had sat there and considered and invited him to dinner that he finally said everything without saying really a word. Really what he did is he took bread, he blessed it, 
was maybe one of the few things that he really said and gave it to them after breaking it. He just asked good questions before that. Brothers and sisters, there's so many times that we rush to answers. And the hard thing is, is sometimes God doesn't want us to rush to them. He realizes that it's a journey just like faith. And at times it takes time for us to get to the destination in which we need to be. And to me, that's one of the beautiful things that I love about science is the journey, the process, the, the eureka moment when we finally understand that I've been working on this, working on this, working on this, trying to get it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And finally understanding it, finally getting to that point where I can put some pieces together and maybe it leads to more questions, which is good. But maybe I've got to that small moment where I suddenly understand something. And just like a child, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the lighting up moment in my eyes, just like anybody gets when they start to understand something that they've been working on hard, just that light. These men finally start to get it. Just like when any test in the lab, when you start to understand what the results potentially are showing, and have someone else then run the test, and yes, this is what this is showing. This is what this does. But in the same breath, then what are the things that it's, are there side effects? Are there things that this, are we stretching this too far? The questions that come after that. That's what enthuses and gets people excited within the scientific community. That's the stuff that really gets us jazzed, just like faith. It's the process of understanding. It's that process of finally turning over the new leaf and understanding what's on the other side, not just seeing the damp mark on the ground, but understanding why that's there. Brothers and sisters, I know that this time that we're in right now is hard. It's making things difficult to understand. And there's a lot of times we want to rush to answers. Have patience. It goes back to the old adage, the best things in life can wait that things are worth waiting for. And right now we are in the process of waiting and it's hard to be patient. It's hard to be separated. It's hard to be in this place where we can't go and do what we would want to be able to go and do. I get it. I'm there with you. Brothers and sisters, we need to have faith. We need to take the time. We are on the road to Emmaus. We can't rush it any faster because Jesus is walking beside us and I'd rather not run away from Jesus. Stay calm. It's going to be okay. The Twitter question this week is real simple. Have you taken a breath in the last six weeks? I think the quick answer is many of us is yes. But if you're taking a breath, we have to be able to self-reflect. We have to be able to put aside the ridicule, the criticism, the things that divide people. Are we sitting there and actually working together? Are we sitting there and willing to be Jesus in this moment and know all this stuff, but continue to prod to help others understand. And that doesn't mean converting people to your vantage point. Jesus doesn't do that. He lets them get there on their own. He talks with them. He walks with them and lets them get to the conclusion on their own. And boy, is that hard. But that means we have to breathe. That means we need to put aside our own agendas, our own beliefs, and listen. But it all starts with a breath. Brothers and sisters, I know this has been hard for even me sitting behind this mic every week and trying to find a way to not bring up the global pandemic every week. 
but I also realize, brothers and sisters, that for me, this is a way to give some normalcy to what is going on, to make me feel like things are going to get better on the other side, knowing that I'd be doing this on the other side of this. We're on the road. This is a journey. We can either sit there and moan and complain and sit down and turn around too quickly or run ahead and try to rush this or walk slowly with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'd rather walk with Jesus no matter how much longer it takes because I realize that on the other side, this is going to be better. Just know that from this side of the microphone that I love you, that you are cared about, and that you matter. And that we're all in this together. We're all on the road. And we're all trying to slowly figure this out together while walking with Jesus. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.